Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hey, how the heck are you? It's a Tuesday here on One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, as usual. And we are uh, just working our way into the offseason here, and we have some offseason questions about the Bills, as you know. We'll get to those in short order. We also have the respite week between the championship weekend and the Super Bowl weekend, which you know for the Chiefs is welcomed knowing they got to give all kinds of treatment to Patrick Mahomes' ankle. But, because uh, that's going to be subject number one for the next 12 days. Uh, what does his ankle look like? Is his ankle talking? What did his ankle say about, pre- oh my gosh, we're going to be inundated with that for the better part that's of the a, next to 12 days. To me, that's days. a non-story. Well, I don't know that it's a non-story, because depending on the severity of the high ankle sprain that Mahomes is dealing with, those can take four to six weeks sometimes to fully heal. Um, he played all right the other, other yeah, day. Yeah, he did. Just for, just, but, for, just for, you know, but not this, for nothing. In the Super Bowl, he's playing against the team that led the league in sacks with 70. So that's not nothing. I think it will be an issue. I think there's forward. better storylines between, like, Travis and Jason Kelsey. The brothers are playing against each other. And also, this is the Andy Reid Bowl. Andy Reid coached both these clubs. Yeah. Both of them got to Super Bowls with Andy Reid. And, of course, the Eagles never won one with Andy. Uh, there was a thing I was looking at, and they said, what, you know, either the all-star defense for the Kansas City Chiefs against the all-star offense for Andy Reid in Philly, who would win? And, of course, the joke is that neither won because Andy would mess up the clock management at the end of the game. So that would, you know. That sounds very Philadelphia. Exactly. exactly. So this is, I, there's a lot of storylines on this, and I, I get it. Mahomes is, you know, he's going to be the MVP of the league. And him going in not 100% is something. But tell me again exactly uh, how many yards that guy threw for. Oh, oh yeah. He was over 326 and two touchdowns and no interceptions. Rating, a rating of 105.4. Yeah, he's, he'll be all right. With two weeks rest? Come on, man. All right. I hope. I mean, that may be, you may be able to build in a, an excuse. But. Do you know that Andy Reid has now coached in 10 conference championship games? 10. Five for each team. It's a lot. Five in a row. Well, five in a row for the Chiefs, four in a row for the Eagles, and then he had a fifth that was not consecutive. But 10 championship games, dude. 
That's big. That's pretty rare. That's a fat number. That's really I mean, rare. We, we we went to five out of seven, but pff, five in a row is Ten. big. Uh, yeah, it's a fat number. And he and it's interesting because you look at the teams he took, and Philly hadn't been to a conference championship in well at least two decades, right? That was a, well eighty. They were in the Super Bowl under Dick Vermeil. Right. In 81, they lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl. So he took them in the 90s, right? To... Well, Andy Reid's first season was 99 okay. as head coach. So he took them to, yeah, so you're, say it's 20 early years, 2000s. 20 years later. Yeah. It's been two decades since they'd been in a conference championship. He went to, you know, five out of six or something like that. And then goes to Kansas City, makes the trade. And, of course, now he's with Mahomes. And yeah. they're, they're just stacking win on win and we, there were, before we uh, came on today, Steve and I both enjoyed lunch. Um, we both brown bagged it today. I was impressed with <laughs> Steve's lunch bag. Why? So I always say when I bring my lunch, like Steve asked me, hey, I'm running out to grab something. Do you need anything? I say, no, I brown bagged it today. Yeah. Meaning, you know, I brought my lunch. Because, you know, when you were kids, you had those brown paper bags. Steve literally had a brown paper bag today from a local pet store. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I'm like, Steve, only you would have a brown bag from a pet store. And Steve was unapologetic. I still am. He said. It's a perfect size. It was, yeah, that's what he said. It's the perfect. And it was the perfect it's size like, for it was lunch. Like, for it was a like a little six-quart uh, brown paper bag. Yeah, it was great. And. Yeah, it was great. I don't even know how I got that. What was what did I put in that thing? I don't know how I got it. What do you buy that you put into a bag? Probably like a bag of dog treat snacks. That would probably fit in I, there. You know, but yeah, because those are smaller. Here's the thing: you go into a pet store, or you get a pet, and this is just pet me. A couple of toys. This is just me. And I'm not buying. It's not like a grocery store where you go in there and buy like 19 items. You go in there for a dog toy. Specific there you go. Things, yeah, you yeah. go in there for one thing, this thing, that thing, and you leave. So I don't know why I would need a bag for anything I would ever buy in that joint. Yeah. I, I had to be the one that goes in. I'm always in there. Are you? Not always, but yeah. yeah. I go in there on a regular basis, and I, maybe one thing. So I don't know why I had a bag for that yeah. whatever one thing it was. You are, you are also speaking very gender-specific here because when guys go shopping, it is usually for one Specific thing. Yeah, go out and buy something. I'm just going to say that the women in my life do not do that. They yeah. go out with a couple of things in mind, but they don't come home with just a couple of things ever. Right. Now There I, are I'll, usually I'll, more things that they come across in their outing. I'll say this, though. There are times where I do do that. I go out and I'm so listen, I always want to blow. I got, I got some time to kill. I'm going to go in the store, see if there's anything I can't live without. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay i i do that and i and i always go into the, it's never like you know I, I don't go into you know Saks fifth avenue like that but i'll go into yeah i'll get dollar okay. general oh yeah the you know, the dime store and ea viddlers i'll go into you know one of the big have you walmart target all that you know all that stuff all the i go in there and just like walk yeah. up and down and look for something i can't live without speaking of those one dollar stores have you seen what inflation has done to these stores it's now the dollar twenty-five store. It is not. Yes, it is. No. Yes, the the ones that are locally around my neighborhood, 
Everything's $1.25 now. Inflation, Steve. 25% markup. I don't know if they're going to change the sign. Oh, well, why? Because you're hoping for inflation to come back down. Well, everything that's priced in the store is no longer a dollar. It's a dollar twenty five. It was never everything in the store, was it? Well, not everything, but most things that are typically a dollar are now a dollar twenty five because of inflation. That's a huge increase when you think about it's a twenty five percent markup. Well, there you go. That's hefty, even at the (laughs) dollar store. Steve, however, was even more impressed with my lunch in comparison to his. Brownie came through for me today. So he goes in, he he comes out, he goes, and he did, too. He made, like, we have a little space where we can microwave stuff, right? So Brownie brings in chips, spiced ground beef, cheese, and the whole thing. I did a nacho plate. Nacho plate. So he comes back out, and he's going, look at this. And you can smell it. It's like, oh, wow, that's great. (laughs) But let me just say this. Not that I was knowing, sharing. Knowing my my bro like I do, I said, where is the fresh salsa? Yeah, you said, I will be really impressed. That's right. If you have fresh salsa to go with that nacho plate. <laughs> he gives me the look, uns- it takes his little thing, opens it up, and there it is. Like all a little Tupperware, Tupperware salsa. I was ready, ready to, to roll. Uh, he came through for me. I knew he would. <laughs> it was glorious. That's why I called it. We are such foodies. Called it's it. embarrassing. Um, yes, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Uh, we, I, I don't know, like we use, like we're, we're fortunate. We get lunch here usually during the season when the players are here and it's great. Now we're in the off season. It's like, we got to fend for ourselves five days a week. I know. I, let me play my tiny violin here for everybody. Um, <laughs> but I got to say, I think I get pretty resourceful in the stuff that I come up with. It's not just, you know, a ham and cheese sandwich every day. I try to, you know. Try to get a little creative. See see how far I can push the envelope in terms of what I can bring in here, whether it needs heating up, how many different Tupperware containers do I have to bring to make it happen. I made it happen today. Yeah. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. I, the, only, the only risk I was running there was nacho crushing, you know, with transporting the st- – to, <laughs> they don't travel well, you know. You really got to be delicate with, yeah. you know, the transportation of, of said goods, so – but it worked out, so I was pretty happy. Uh, we've got plenty to get into around the NFL. Steve put the volume all the way up as we in our in our office today, as we saw Frank Reich get formally introduced as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. As we go around the NFL here, presented by Collider Health, the official healthcare system of the Buffalo Bills, and you know that. People, I thought it was kind of cool. The media was welcoming him back to Carolina because obviously he was a starting quarterback there in the franchise's infancy. Yeah, he was the first starting quarterback in the franchise's history through the first touchdown pass. Pete Metzlars was in the audience in the media, who's the guy he who caught that pass, yeah. former Bill. Um, and Frank, as you might imagine, was ultra prepared for the for the uh, conf- press conference and. Uh, and carried it off extremely well. Linda and the girls were right in the front row. It was great. Great to see. Yeah. So he uh, starts the work now to turn that franchise around under owner Dave Tepper. And so he's just so good on a microphone, isn't he? He's pretty polished. Like, you could tell it comes easy to him. And I don't know if it was because of his days in ministry and used to addressing groups. I mean, he's been a coach for a while now, but. Right. He, he, it just seems effortless for him. 
in that setting. Carried it off extremely well, yeah. Did a nice job today. So we'll see what he has in store for the Panthers going forward. They have a big quarterback question to answer. Sam Darnold is a free agent. They already traded away Baker Mayfield, and I think even their backup quarterback, P.J. Walker, is either a restricted free agent or an unrestricted free agent, one or the other. So they've got the most important position on the team to address this offseason. How they do that is certainly going to be of interest down there. Knowing if Tom Brady leaves that division as a free agent, which he might do, a lot of people are believing that he might, that might be the most wayward quarterback division in football. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback under contract. The Bucks have a backup or two under contract, but nobody of any repute. And then you've got Atlanta with Mariota and Desmond Ritter. And then you've got the Saints with Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, and um, what's his name? What's the do-everything guy? Um, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Thank yeah. you. I mean... Could you think of a division with a worse quarterback contingent? Well, that's My why they're God. All, the, the, that's why Tampa Bay won the division at 8-9. and nine. They didn't have anybody that could take snaps. It is snaps. dreadful. And I, and, I mean, that was, and they won it with Tom Brady at 8-9. and nine. So, yeah, I mean, he's in, in a good spot. Plus, there's some guys available, too. You know, Derek Carr. You could trade for some, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you could get somebody, yeah. Uh, there's some guys out there. One off season can change things dramatically, and, I'm, and there's some guys available. To, there's, you hear the rumors as well, like Aaron Rodgers and, and that kind of thing, and Tom Brady as well. So uh, I don't know that Tom Brady is what he's thinking. There's some some thoughts online that maybe finally, after all these years, goes to San Francisco, where goes he's home, from, goes yeah. home, finger quotes home. After what happened to them, uh, it depends on what happens to them in the Super Bowl, I imagine too. But with Kyle Shanahan, Tom Brady, and see what they could get done there, but. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But that division, the NFC South, was a train wreck this year yeah. from top to bottom. And, you know, I, I, it, it's years like that that always get you to the point where maybe they should seed the – I get the divisional round, division playoff, the, the division games and the vi- division philosophy of dividing the teams into those. But just we're at the point now where let's let's get the top seven teams from each conference. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, as as wayward as that division is at quarterback, if one of those teams make two or three quality moves, you could you could go yeah. right to the top of the division very easily. Think about it. Yeah, think about it. If you win three more games than you did last year, you're in. You know, um, that's why I'm not, saying this is a big off away. season for those four teams. It's like, if you're the away. you're the team in that division that makes three or four of the right moves, you could vault right to the top of the division in one off season. Two of the teams were four and two in the division. The other two teams were two and four. Nobody was completely out of it. Three teams at seven and ten. One team at eight and nine. I mean, they're all right. They're all right there, packed together in mediocrity. Yeah. Who wants to be better than that? And the team that makes the right decisions this offseason could be better and win that division handily. And I get it. Here's they're all presented too with the same opportunity. Switch the guy taking now Tampa Bay. I mean, you, the thought is Tom Brady's out, and even so, they only won eight games with him. Right. Uh, what and they're going to have a new offensive coordinator too. Yeah, and what are the options for all of those clubs going forward? And they they all pick from the same pool of players. It's yeah, that's it. I mean, 
Yeah. That's it's a battle of the front office in that in that division more so than any other division in in football because all those teams are looking for hugely critical positions. The news was not good for 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy. He had the elbow injury in the NFC title game and basically could not throw more than five yards. The reason why is after MRIs came back, he tore his UCL completely in his throwing elbow, and he will miss the next six months. The hope is they can just do an outright repair of the UCL, and that would take a six-month rehabilitation. If they deem that they have to reconstruct the whole thing, He's then looking at Tommy John surgery, which figures to be over a calendar year, which would be pretty bad. He is going to get a second opinion, but that is the same type of injury that Josh Allen had in week nine. Miraculously, Josh Allen only had partial damage to his UCL and was able to still play. Um, I think this demonstrates just how lucky Josh was that he didn't do what Purdy did and tear it completely. Season would have been over. It's pretty fortunate. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a as you can tell. I mean, you can. You surprised that kind of injury doesn't happen more? Yes, I am. I, right now, I am, and I and I get it too. Particularly because it happens on all of them. Josh's, you know, he got his hurt. Well, he got hurt uh, in eighteen uh, down in Houston. Remember, right? He, and missed, he missed five a games. games, and then it happened this last year. And both the t- and both Brock Purdy and all those Josh Allen injuries, they came from the front side, from the side he could see, come, should be able to see because he's right. facing, that, facing way. that way. And, you know, it doesn't come from the back because the, from the back, they don't get their hand across his arm, of the arm of the quarterback. They get it – they go forward instead of – Yeah. And the mecha- biomechanics of it are, are completely different coming from the backside. So uh, I think one of the reasons it doesn't happen so often is because of what I just said. Most – quarterbacks you can see it coming and they take a chance they can get the ball off yeah. before the guy gets there or they tuck it and don't don't try it um that's and that's why you don't see it happen more often is because you know quarterbacks can see it coming yeah that that arm is in a very vulnerable position at that moment and it's just surprising that i mean don't get me wrong i don't want to see it happen more but i'm surprised it doesn't yeah. happen more often but maybe to your point they see it coming, coming, they can alter their throwing motion, tuck it down, yeah, a, avoid yeah. the hit, whatever the case and might be. relegated the 49ers to no offense for the rest of the game. Well, right. Well, yeah, they had Josh Johnson go in, and then he got the concussion, and then that was the end of the day. And Brock Purdy came in and handed it off the rest of the day, and we ended the game. Speaking of quarterbacks, yesterday we heard with Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl – Obviously, he can't participate in the Pro Bowl game, so he was going to be replaced by Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Today, we learn that Tyler Huntley was chosen as a Pro Bowl replacement for Josh Allen, despite the fact that he started just four games this season. Josh is not participating due to a injury. He's playing golf this weekend in a pro-am. Yeah, nobody's going to quit. But, if you got but the UCL. league said injury is yeah. the reason why. I get it. So either way, Josh not participating in the Pro Bowl games, he will be replaced by Tyler Huntley. So 
there you go with that. I don't know. I, it's really a shame what's happened to the Pro Bowl. Um, I understand why guys don't want to play in a real football game anymore, especially playing an extra regular season game now. But it's really watered down. It's not a game. It's anymore. unrecognizable yeah. from what it was it's, when you guys were playing in them. Um, I thought that it had more relevance when it was coaches and players who picked the squads. Um, and then when you could see it coming, the exponential growth of the guys who played out there, there was, you know, those guys are it, the money that you win playing in the pro bowl is far from life changing and guys for, the, just, for them anyway. Yeah. Guys just, just, you know, opted out. Um, we, and there was, a trend where guys would go out there and finger quotes, twist their ankle on Thursday of practice and say, you know, I can't play. So they get the trip to Hawaii and they just, you know, kind of hang out. Um, it's always, there's always been a problem with it because of the physical nature of the game. Nobody, you know, it's crazy for these guys to go out there and play in a game. We used to do it though. I mean, you used to play it and they'd, yeah. they'd go through a game that was pretty good. Uh, just, it was more of a, well, they tackled guys to the ground and there were hits going on. And then in the second half of the fourth quarter, if the game was close, it turned into a real game for about three series. Yeah. Because there was money on the line. The yeah. winners get more than the losers yeah. in the and game, right? Yeah, and back then, yeah, it was like ten grand and twenty grand. It's kind of laughable now. These guys get fined that now. So uh, you, that would happen. And then as it went into the future, we had guys out there. Marino was in like 13 of them. I think he played in two. Mm. And one of them was like in his 13th one. He finally came out. He came out. And I got a chance to play with him in a Pro Bowl. He never showed up. No other guy showed up. Because, and I know, and I heard this as well. Some of the clubs, like the Dolphins maybe, and maybe the Raiders and some of these other clubs would, the, the owner would say, listen, here, here's the winner's share. Don't go. Oh, wow. You know, uh, just stay home. Just to keep them healthy. Just, just so they didn't have to do that. You got guys going out there and, playing flag football on the beach and blowing their ACL. Yeah, Robert and Edwards and all is that the famous stuff. guy so, for that. Yeah, so it would be oh, – there's a lot of that going on as well, at least suspected going on. Yeah. So that is Around the NFL, presented by Kaleida Health. Topic du jour today for you. How should the Bills navigate the salary cap this offseason? We learned yesterday – that the salary cap for 2023 will be $224.8 million. The Bills, by rough math, are about $20 million over right now. So they're going to have to, as Brandon Bean himself said, get creative. He mentioned the word player cuts, contract restructures, among other things. How should the Bills navigate the salary cap this offseason? You let us know at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, or you can hit us up on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. Steve, it doesn't seem like a light lift this offseason for Brandon Bean with what he's up against, not only because of the fact that he's over the cap, but because you already have 22 free agents off your books already, and you're still $20 million over. You have a roster to fill out, let alone 
try to sign people to improve your roster. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you've got – the Bills have about eight or nine guys, let's see, well, making $10, 10 million plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're doing. They got nine guys making ten million plus on the cap this year, and it goes all the way from all the, this. And there's a bunch of guys under this too. Like uh, it goes down, you know, Taron Johnson is making nine, is nine point two against the cap, but Micah is like ten. Ed, Mitch Morris, Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins, Tre'Davious White, Von Miller, Steph Diggs, and Josh Allen. Those are the guys that are like the big money guys who are up to, upwards. You know, last two or three of those, Josh and Josh, Steph, and Von. Uh, not, those guys aren't going anywhere. You could restructure some of that money, but you're only going to get so much help out of it. The names that you're looking at on the screen now, from Tremaine Edmonds all the way down to Tommy Sweeney and the punter Sam Martin, that's a long list of players who were contributor. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, like Tremaine Edmonds, you can make a point that he's a difference maker. You know, uh, Jordan Phillips, you can make that point. Shaq, all those guys. But you got some. Those, all of these guys on this list were contributors, or most of them. Most of them, yeah. All of them were contributors. So we and I say it again. We were in this. We the Bills were in the same spot last year. At this point as well, it was just different names, but they were still contributors and I who had played extremely were, well. I'm trying to remember, I don't think they were twenty million over the cap. Um, I think they, they were, were right, slightly over. They but, were slightly over, not twenty million over. Slightly over. I'm, I'm, I remember that, and they were like right at the cap. Yeah. So there's some work to be done here for sure. And what does creative mean? Hmm. I mean, Brandon Bean gave a couple of examples in his season wrap-up press conference when he said, "We're gonna have to cut players. We're gonna have to restructure some contracts." Brandon Bean is not a fan of kicking the can down the road only to pay the piper later. So I think he is going to make some hard decisions here this offseason, some of which could very well be unpopular. But with, with the financial constraints under which they're going to have to operate, I don't know that he has a choice. Right. You've got to make some difficult business decisions here because at the end of the day it is a business. How would you navigate it? 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the number to get on board. I think you have to do a whole, like a lot of these, you know, Fortune 500 companies do, Steve, you got to do a cost-benefit analysis. Like, even the guys that are still under contract on your roster, are we maximizing the value of this guy, and does it fall in line with the money that we're paying him? And if it does, great. If it doesn't, would he be open to an extension? Could we do something different? Or do we have to part ways because we're not getting the maximum value out of that guy and that money could be better spent elsewhere? You've got those guys, those 10 guys I mentioned that are all you know from $10 million bucks up on the cap. They account for right around 70% of the cap. Um, just those guys that I've those ten guys that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, one thing that gets lost in all of this is the fact that you can have the guys on the rot like the Bills. They're a perfect example. They were humming along, and all of a sudden, Vaughn goes down, Jordan Phillips goes down, or is in and out of the lineup. 
you lose Micah, you lose Jordan, he's not 100%. Uh, Tredavious White's not 100%, and he finally gets back on the field. You have all these guys falling down and, and going off the field. Then you really need all these other guys to help. If you can stay healthy 100%, who, they're fine. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. You can't count on that happening. Um, as good as the Bills roster was this year, they, stayed, they kept the number one seed all the way up until week 17. And you know, then that game gets canceled and everything gets decided rather than earned, and they're not the one seed anymore. Yeah. I remember 10 years ago with where the league was going with salaries you know, exploding – you know, at the top tier of the market, you know, Tyreek Hill's making thirty million a year. You know, he yeah. blew the top salary earner out of the water at the wide receiver position. And you've seen that at other positions also. But front office people around the league were saying this, and I was like, Oh, that's gonna be interesting when that happens. They said what we're witnessing is the elimination of the middle class in the NFL among players. Right. And to your point, Seventy percent of the cap is gobbled up by about eight to ten players. It leaves thirty percent to fill out the the last forty spots on your roster. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you can't do that with half middle class players and half bottom of the roster guys. You have to use more minimum salary guys than maybe ever before, and just hope like heck that your top line guys stay healthy. Right. I mean, especially if you're already paying big money for a quarterback. Now, there's a ton of guys that are making a half a percent of the of the a salary cap, and that's and yeah, think about it. It's a two two hundred plus million dollar cap, so a yeah. million bucks is less than a half is a half a percent, right? Just under. So, you know, they're not, you know, they're not not going to be able to find guys to play. Believe me, but those are the the numbers are astronomical. So. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. We'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll get some of your thoughts on the tweet sheet. Take your phone calls at 803-0550. Open line for you there. And we might do a little what's for lunch. Haven't done that in a while. We've got some interesting questions on the menu. We'll tell you what those are next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 